Living a life of intention starts within. Dora and I are excited to help you find the path to co-mindfulness living through our co-mindfulness masterclass. Our seven co-mindfulness principles will take you on a remarkable path towards health and happiness. For more information and to sign up for the masterclass, visit comindfulnessproject.com. People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Welcome to this virtual George and Barbara Bush Foundation event. I'm excited about tonight's event because I have the opportunity to talk to someone I love about a book that talks about people I love. Jenna Bush Hager was destined to be a TV personality because ever since she was a little girl, she loved to entertain us. It's no wonder that Jenna is a sensation as the co-host of Today with Hoda and Jenna. She's a journalist, author, and teacher, but I know her best as an outstanding mother to Mila, Poppy, and Hal, a beloved daughter to her parents, a loving sister, a devoted niece, and an adoring wife to Henry Hager, who, Jenna, your mother calls a saint. But if you read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. So hello, Jenna. Hi. I love seeing you, and I'm so glad so many of you all joined us. Yes, it's wonderful. There are hundreds of people here tonight, Jenna, all because of your wonderful book. First of all, the title is so beautiful, Everything Beautiful in Its Time, Seasons of Love and Loss. And it's based on a Bible verse, a beautiful Bible verse, Ecclesiastes 3.11, which is, I'll read it so people know, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So how, Jenna, did you come up with that title? And I love that you didn't have to read it, that you had it memorized, because it is one of my favorite Bible verses. When you read it, when you're going through times of grief or loss, I mean, even this year, I found myself looking at it when there's been so much hurt in our country, because it is a Bible verse about hope, I think, about what God creates. Even though, and I know you know this because we've talked about it and you love them maybe more than anybody, but when you lose people that you love in a really short period of time, the grief comes in waves. It's enormous. But what I think happens is you realize that the grief itself is precious because you wouldn't grieve somebody that you didn't love the way that we loved Ganny and Gamby, and you wouldn't grieve the way that our family collectively grieved. So to me, almost like a symptom of love, grief. And so to find the joy in it and the beauty in it, which I think is what everybody's goal is when they lose somebody that they love, to me speaks to that Bible verse. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, this book is essentially a love letter to your grandparents. I like to say it's a book of gratitude of life's beautiful mm -hmm. moments. What traditions have you inherited from your grandparents and what ways have you found to honor their memories and keep those traditions alive? I mean, I think, you know, they're traditions for sure, but I think the main thing that I think about is how meaningful their lives were and not just in sort of the ambitious way, not just in their job titles, but in like all these little things they did to create meaning 
And so that's something, you know, and these aren't necessarily traditions, but it's more of like a call to action. When I think about what I want my life to look like, am I living a meaningful enough life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Gamby did all of these things that none of us even really knew about, but I think he just really believed in service and lived it. And then also just the relationship that they had with their kids. But I definitely remember the way it felt to be sitting at that table, you know, between next to Gampy or across down, you know, even when I was in the kids table and that far away from them, everybody wanted to be in their glow. And that is as a mom with three little kids and sometimes bad patients, that's a hard thing to create, like a feeling in your house. Yeah. And that's what I'm working on. You know, I mean, that's my priority is my family. And they created a family that really loved each other. Yes, we were losing him, but um, he was going to a better place. We had gone to bed early, like we always do, Henry and I had. And so we didn't know the news until the next morning. And I woke up to a lot of text messages mm-hmm. and the girls woke up at the same time as us. And I said to Henry, said, just stay in here for a minute, you know, get yourself together. I'll get you coffee. Don't, I'm going to keep the kids out for a second because they probably didn't want to see me. And I said to Henry, right when he was closing the door, just, I can't believe this is happening right before Christmas. And then the door closed and then Henry told the girls and Mila said, well, daddy, of course it's happening right before Christmas. Gamby had to get up there to decorate the Christmas tree with Gammy. And it just was such a touching and poignant reminder of what, you know, matters. And the fact that kids can share that so freely and easily without worry or judgment um, reminds you where we find the joy. And if we live like them, we would be more joyful too. Letter writing, how important is that in your life? And that obviously came maybe from your grandparents. Gany and Gampy, both of them, but Gampy in particular was almost a prolific in that the quality of his writing was like reading the most beautiful poetry you've ever read. He wrote beautiful letters. And I think that they are really a part of our family. They're a part of our fabric of who we are. And so to have those letters, and you probably have copies of the letters that Gamby wrote to Ganny, the love letters during World War II, which are just like, you can't even believe how romantic and how beautiful they are. Mm -hmm. So to have those feels like a real gift. So the truth is, yes, they started the tradition, but also nobody could write a letter as beautiful as he could. You wrote some pretty good letters in this book, one of which was the letter you wrote to Malia and Sasha. So sweet. They were about Barbara and my age Mm -hmm. when their dad became president. So we took a day off of, I was a teacher in Baltimore and Barbara was working in New York City. We took the afternoon off and drove to meet my mom. Mrs. Obama said to my mom, I'm nervous about the girls changing schools. My mom said, come and let me show the girls around because that might make them feel less nervous and you less nervous and show them their bedrooms. And my mom is such a designer like this. She said, and you can decide who gets what room and you can kind of lay out however you need and kind of figure out what you need so that they can move in. And so she said, great. And we met them and they were seven and nine. I think they were almost our exact age when our Gampy became president. So it was so much fun because we saw the light in their eyes, the excitement of seeing this house for the first time and also the nervousness. So we wrote them a letter just about 
the incredible privilege of living history. And then also, and this is what we kind of talked about earlier, the difficulty of sharing your father. Yeah, I love that. Some people are going to love them and some people aren't. And you know. Yeah. Do you have it right there? Yes. And I loved what you said about that. And you said, he's our father, not the sketch in a paper or part of a sketch. Remember who your dad really is. Mm-hmm. And that that is because the small club that's, that has had a father who's president, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah see things in the news when you know it's not true. As you also said in the book, you know, people are more than two-dimensional. We had a birthday cake, but we didn't really know if he was going to be able to come. That summer, he would come sometimes to meals and have a great time, and sometimes he would just say, I need to eat in my room. And he came, and he was all dressed up and looked great and so handsome, and Everybody ate and then everybody left. And I'm not sure, I'm trying to even rationalize why it was just the three of us left. I think people went to walk the dogs and to walk to the gate and walk with the dogs. And and then it was time for bed. And we sat with him, Jebby and I, Mm -hmm. and we just at first were making small talk and he was in the mood to talk. He wanted to talk. And then he said, do you think I'll ever miss her less? He brought it up about Gandhi. And we said, do you miss her, Gandhi? And we, all three of us, and Jebby too. I said to, afterward to Jebby, I'm like, did you not think that that was so profound? And he said, yes, but I think it also hurt. But it was beautiful. And I think, and I, I don't know if this is true, but I don't know if it's a conversation my dad could have had with Gandhi, mm. just because it would have really hurt, you know? Well, no, I think, and I also think because it was you and Jebby and nobody he had to, you know, be the father. Yeah. He could be. be So he said, you know, well, I miss her less. And then we all wept. He was weeping. We were hugging and just with each other, you know, and then we told stories. And what I remember, I called my dad afterwards to tell him, I'm just, I just was going to say, you're not going to believe this conversation we had with Gamby. And he said, write it all down. This is from Mom's Commencement. Mm -hmm. For several years, you've had impressed upon you the importance to your career of dedication and hard work. And of course, that's true. But as important as your obligations as a doctor, lawyer, or a business leader will be, you are a human being first. And those human connections with spouses, with children, with friends, with neighbors are the most important investments you'll ever make. Mm, Wasn't that such a beautiful speech? And it's so true. I mean, I think that when I was trying to say, how do you emulate a house that just felt filled with love and joy? That's my life's work every single day. How do I do that? When you have little kids, and I know, I hope some of you agree with me, it's not always easy, but it's the most important work that we'll do. And we went for the inauguration and we just, Barbara and I were shocked by the cold of DC because we were Texas kids. And then to go back every year around Christmas time, which, you know, it isn't decorated like a normal house. There's trees everywhere and you just can't even believe the way it smells, the magic of it. And as little kids in particular, although I bet it felt magical to you too, Doro. I mean, it makes me almost weepy because you can't believe the splendor of it. And so to get a place like that with a huge family of people, of little kids who we ran around and kind of were free and, you know, had 
a wonderful time with it decorated so beautifully. So those four years, we went every Christmas. And then my dad continued that tradition, which I'm so glad he did. Yeah. Because um, that gave us 12 years of family Christmases. And there really aren't places where you can take a family that huge, except the White House. And then we would go to Camp David right after Christmas. Well, that was a gift to all of us. But I felt especially because I never thought I'd go back to the place where I got married and I got married at Camp David. If your dad hadn't become president, I don't think I'd ever have gone back to that church. Thank you, Doro. This was so much fun. This is how I end the book, which I think is a nice way to end tonight. Okay, here we go. After Mila and Poppy were born, we rushed to Maine to show them off to my grandparents. When we took Hal to Maine for the first time, it was a leisurely trip to spend the final weekend of summer with my mom and dad. Walking around without my Ganny and Gampy there, I listened to Hal's baby sounds in chorus with the crickets. I thought of how in Charlotte's Web, the crickets felt it was their duty to warn everybody that summertime cannot last forever. Even on the most beautiful days in the whole year, the days when summer is changing into fall, the crickets spread the rumor of sadness and change. I love that quote from Charlotte. And by the way, if you haven't read Charlotte's Web to your kids or grandkids, put that onto your to-do list. It's just beautiful. Fall and the next season of Sorrow would surely come. But that weekend, it was still summer. Mila and Poppy were tanned, their feet tough from running around barefoot. Their baby brother was seeing the ocean for the first time. And together, we all took the ceremonial post-dinner stroll, walking in silence, pushing Hal in his stroller. The night was warm and quiet as we walked down the driveway. When we reached the end a few minutes later, we paused. It's only about a quarter of a mile, just long enough to see the sunset or spot the first evening star. I thought about my grandparents entering Heaven's Gate and about Marshall Ramsey's image of Ganny's reunion there with Robin. And here were our gates. I touched the cold metal and then turned around. Now what? asked Poppy. It was her first trip. She didn't understand that there was no purpose beyond spending a moment together after a meal and getting a little exercise before bed. Now we go back, I said. She shrugged, turned around, and began trudging back towards the house in the twilight, her ponytail swaying as she went. This is the life, I thought, echoing a line my mother spoke upon being handed her two babies. This is what life is all about until it's your time to enter the gates of heaven and join those in your family who have died. You walk to the gate and then you walk back. You hope that the sky is clear so you can see the moon glowing over the ocean. And you hope always to walk with those you love by your side. Oh, Jenna, that's so beautiful. Thank you, Doro, and thank you all so much for all your support of the library. We can't wait to be back in College Station. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dora. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. To learn more on how to live a co-mindfulness life, visit comindfulnessproject.com.